You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, December 3rd, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PBH, how's it going, my friend? Well, buddy, happy to be here. All right, good to be with you. We are also joined by South Stands contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland CP. What's the word from the 216? What up, what up? Oh, you know, it's just cold. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. What's it doing back there? What are you guys in the 30s now? Or well, we had, uh, well, the other day we had like uh, probably about nine or 10 inches of snow. Oh, wow. Like 35 mile gust of wind. It was uh, pretty crazy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so uh, wonderful. All right. Well, good stuff. Of course, we are here to preview Ohio State's matchup with Michigan State this Saturday in East Lansing. But before we get started, I want to r- remind our listeners about our new website, which you can visit at southstandsosu.com. You can listen to all of our podcast episodes there and check out our new blog, I also want to invite our listeners to head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. We'd greatly appreciate your feedback there. And finally, we invite you to give us a follow on Twitter at South underscore stands. That's South underscore stands. Okay. Knock on wood, fingers and toes crossed. Number four ranked Ohio State appears to be on track to actually play a football game this Saturday at noon Eastern against Michigan State in East Lansing. The line is Ohio State minus 24. The over-under is 59 and a half. The game will be broadcast on ABC. Now, we know the Buckeyes will be without Ryan Day, who's still quarantining with COVID. Larry Johnson will act as head coach. Kevin Wilson's going to call the plays on offense. Kerry Combs will run the show on defense. I believe Kevin Wilson said earlier today that he will actually be on the field calling plays, so he'll come down from the, from the box. What we don't know and won't know probably until a couple of hours before kickoff, in fact, I think that's been confirmed, a couple hours before kickoff, is which Ohio State players are going to be out to either due to either infections or contact tracing, which adds quite a bit of intrigue to this game. Now, Ohio State leads the all-time series with Michigan State, 33-14. to The Buckeyes have won the last four matchups, including a 34-10 win in the shoe last season. Michigan State's last win in this series was the 17-14 to 14 stink bomb in the shoe back in 2015 that ruined Ohio State's national title defense. That was one of the, the low points for me as an Ohio State fan. Actually, Sparty has been the author of some pretty awful moments for Ohio State fans over the years. We remember the 34-24 to 24 loss in the 2013 Big Ten title game and, of course, the 1998 upset of the number one ranked Buckeyes in the shoe. Hopefully, Oof. we're not looking at. Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry, I don't mean to bring up uh, all those painful memories all at once there, PBH. But, uh, and, you know, obviously, we're hoping for a far different result this Saturday. And it's hard to get a beat on this particular Michigan State team. Now, they're two and three. They lost their season opener to Rutgers. 38-27. Sparty had seven turnovers in that game. Now, Rutgers has turned out to be a much improved program this season. And then the following week, Michigan State goes on the road and beats Michigan. 
Then they're run off the field the week after that by Iowa, 49-7, and then blanked by Indiana, 24-0 the following week. And then last week, as we all know, the Spartans were very impressive, taking down number eight Northwestern, 29-20 in East Lansing. So I don't know, the question is, which Michigan State team are we going to see on Saturday? If I had to lay money on it, it's probably going to be the one that's closer to Northwestern, that version, but we'll see. Now, offensively, we're talking about, in Ohio State and Michigan State, we're talking about two teams that couldn't be more at opposite ends of the spectrum from one another. The Spartans come into this game dead last in the Big Ten in scoring offense at 18 points per game. By comparison, Ohio State's averaging 44 points a game. That's good for first in the Big Ten. Sparty's 13th, so second to last in the Big Ten in total offense, averaging 331 yards per game. That, by the way, is 112th in the country. By comparison, Ohio State is first, averaging 535 yards per game. Michigan State is dead last in the Big Ten at running the ball. They're averaging only about 98 yards a game. And Ohio State is first in the Big Ten, running the football at 233 per game. Now, in the passing game, Michigan State's a little bit better. They're eighth in the conference, averaging about 233 yards per game. Ohio State comes into this game second in the Big Ten in passing. Funny enough, just behind Purdue at 304 yards per game. So very different uh, offensively, the Spartans are led by junior quarterback Rocky Lombardi. He's coming into this game completing only about 54% of his passes, eight touchdowns to eight interceptions. But his 211 passing yards is fifth in the Big Ten. He's got a pretty good receiver in Jalen Naylor to throw to. Naylor had a big 75-yard touchdown reception last week against Northwestern. He's averaging almost 24 yards per reception. So against that leaky Ohio State pass defense, I don't know, that's a matchup to watch. Junior Connor Hayward leads Michigan State in rushing. He's Cam Hayward's little brother. Remember Cam Hayward, guys, the star defensive end at Ohio State? This is Connor is Cam's little brother. Now he's only averaged about three and a half yards a carry. So, and he's part of a three-man rotation at running back that includes Jordan Simmons and Elijah Collins. So they're not very dynamic running the football. You know, none of them is really setting the 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 world on fire there. And they're actually going up against a pretty good Ohio State run defense. On the other side of the ball, Michigan State is sixth in the Big Ten in total defense, allowing 370 yards per game. That's actually just ahead of Ohio State, who's seventh in the conference, giving up 389 yards per game. In defensive yards per play, Michigan State's been pretty good. They're averaging about 4.8 yards per play. That's good for fourth in the Big Ten. They have some dudes on that side of the ball. Michigan State does. Linebacker Antoine Simmons. Now, he was a player Ohio State recruited pretty heavily. He's having a really good year this year. He leads Sparty in tackles. He's second in the Big Ten in tackles. Sparty also has a pretty good corner named Shakur Brown, who's third in the Big Ten in interceptions with five picks. Brown had two picks last Saturday against Northwestern. And then finally, defensive tackle Naquan Jones is another player to watch for Michigan State. He's a big uh, fifth-year senior, kind of a run stopper in the middle. He had two and a half tackles for loss against Northwestern last week. So that's the skinny boys for this matchup. Fingers crossed, but I think so far, Ohio State has been able to practice now, have full team practices for the third day in a row. So things are looking pretty good for Saturday. I want to go around the horn here and get some Concernometer scores from you guys. I'm going to fire up the Concernometer. Paige, I want to start with you. Why don't you give me your Concernometer score and tell me why you arrived at that score? Yeah, this is just not the, uh, this isn't your sister's typical Michigan State team. Um, I watched uh, the second half against that uh, last week against Northwestern. Right. Um and they were life and death, obviously, to hold on and win that game. Now, you were texting me before that, you know, that they were mashing in them up front. 
Um, and give credit to Fitzgerald and he probably made some adjustments, but it, it was again, just the Roman vomitorium of offense <laughs> watching those two teams play. It's just, it's an affront to the eyes. So I, I just cannot, I, I can't, I can't see them pulling this game off. I can't even really see it being close. Now, that being said, I think the two big variables and you touched on them for a high state is number one, who's actually going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think as long as Justin Field gets on the airplane, we're going to be okay. That's probably the only thing we would actually need. Um, so that that's that's a variable. Um, and the other variable is, you know, is there going to be some rust because, you know, they really haven't had, well, I guess how many practices did they actually miss? And probably not that many. So that might not be that big of a deal. But it'll be very interesting to see who, you know, is is sitting out for for Ohio State. So mm-hmm. that being said, I mean, normally my concernometer, you know, if it were a normal year at East Lansing, even with this team, you still got to give them some respect, a, a two. Mm. Um, so, but this isn't a normal year. This isn't your same Michigan State team. So normally I'd be a zero those other variables, I'm going to land at a one. I'm just not concerned. Not concerned at all. Okay. No Ryan Day. They're going to be down some personnel. We don't know who yet. And Michigan State's coming in this game, playing with a lot of confidence after the big win, but you're only at a one. I'm at a one. Chad, how about you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to ride with my buddy there, Paige. Um, I wouldn't probably go to a one. I would probably maybe go 0.25. Uh, but uh, I'm curious, and I know you mentioned this Z, is just who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing. Yeah. You know, so I'm, you know, you know the the history of this game. If you go back and look at it, um, we've had a couple scares, had a really bad loss. When I can't figure out why in the hell Urban just didn't give the ball to Zeke and let him eat up the field, but hey, that's that's neither here nor there and that's you know a few years back so i'm about i'm gonna go with a one yeah as you guys have already pointed out ohio state's gonna be down some personnel no ryan day now day did say in his radio show he confirmed that they will be quote a little shorthanded against michigan state no we don't know who or how many players will be out and we won't know until a couple hours before kickoff when ohio state releases its availability report they mentioned today that that report will not come out until saturday morning So the Buckeyes are going to be a diminished version of themselves to some extent. We just don't know how much. Now, they haven't played in two weeks. Paige, you you mentioned the rust factor. There could be a little bit of rust. They haven't played in two weeks, and they've only played one game since November 7th. And Michigan State is a program that's never really been intimidated by Ohio State. They have to be feeling really good about themselves after last week's upset win over Northwestern. We still have some major questions and concerns about the back end of the Buckeye defense. Which, you know, when you have those kinds of vulnerabilities it you know, you're, you can, you know, any team can play with you when you're that vulnerable on the back end. So hopefully they've, they've been able to, to work that out. But as of right now, we don't know that they've, they've fixed those issues on the back end. And Michigan State is not completely incapable in the passing game. Occasionally they'll take some shots downfield and they can hit a couple of those. My concernometer is at a four. I'm mildly concerned. It would be lower if Ryan Day was on the sidelines. It would be lower if I could be assured that we were going to have our full complement of weapons, our full roster. It's going to be cold. It's going to be down in the the 30s. I'm not sure how much offense we're going to see, how explosive that Ohio State offense can be in that setting. 
with maybe a little rust on them, but my consonometer is at a four. I'm a, I'm the worry ward of the three of us. I think uh, I think that's been pretty well established. So yeah, yeah. Have you have you seen uh, Rocky Balboa throw the football? I mean, come, I mean, he could make some passes down the field, but right. he can't do it consistently. And I was wrong about that with like Penix Jr. Right? I was like, yeah, the guy could make right. some passes. Um, he's way better than that kid. I mean, what I saw against Northwestern, um, yeah. you know, you could, you know, if you rattle him, um, I, I, I just don't see it happening. And so if you're a high yeah. state, I'd say you just, you make sure that he can't beat you deep and then you live with whatever they can do up front. And yeah. we all know that that's the strength of our defense. Yeah. Paige, to your point, he's only completing 54% of his passes on the season. And again, to your point, last week against Northwestern, he did complete the one long ball for a 75-yard touchdown to Naylor. But he on the day, Lombardi was only 11 of 27 for 167 yards passing. So not terribly accurate. I would think, you know, Ohio State's not going to have to sell out to stop the run. And, and to your point, Paige, right? I mean, like maybe you dedicate some more resources to just preventing those long pass plays, right? And you live with giving some stuff up underneath. But this is a Michigan State offense that does not do anything well. Let's face it. I mean, they're a mediocre passing team at best. And, you know, they're not very explosive and they can't really run the football. So Ohio State's going to have to play one of their, their worst games in recent memory for, for Michigan State to, to be moving the ball up and down the field on them. All right. Well, let's let's go around the horn here, boys. And I want to get your score predictions. So, Paige, I'm going to kick it back to you. Give me a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go with 47 to 9. And that'll be a late fourth quarter touchdown. They'll go for two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is, I, I, you know, it's just not going to be close. I just can't see it. And I think, you know, the other variable, two variables, right? The gambling hate is, uh, you know, they did have a big win against Northwestern. Maybe they come out a little flat, although most teams don't do that against Ohio State. Yeah, right. Usually get their best shot. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, Ohio State, there's a lot riding on this, right? I mean, not mm -hmm. only do they need to win, they need to win convincingly, right? Yeah. Just with the abbreviated resume. So they can't fuck around. They, they've got to play a full four quarters. Mm -hmm. um, and they need to put up a convincing uh, W just to make sure they stay in the top four. We haven't seen a full four quarter performance out of this team yet. I know they were a little, they look great in the first quarter against Nebraska, but then finished strong. And then they were just, you know, they were good early on against Penn State, Rutgers, and Indiana. And then in the second half, again, they're minus 30 in fourth quarter scoring, Ohio State is, over their last three games. They've been outscored 44 to 14 in the fourth quarter of their last three games. Hopefully that's a trend they can buck. Chad, how about you? Um, I'm going to go with, because I really think that this game is important as far as the uh, style points is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like you said, we need to play four quarters. Um, I'm going to go, I keep going in the fifties. Um, and I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go 59 to 13, 59, 59 13. to 13, the Buckeyes. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, the over under, so, so you, I mean, you basically have Ohio state hitting the over. 59 and a half is the yep. over under. Okay. Wow. Very confident. All right. 59, 13. I would be very happy with either of those results, either of your two score predictions. I'd rather not have to sweat this one out. It just seems like it's just yeah, going to be that man. kind of a season though, right? We're just, we've been sweating since the season started. 
Okay. So again, Paige, you made reference to this and I happen to believe it could be a possibility because Ohio State has only played once in the last month. They've had another two-week layoff here. There could be a little rust on the Ohio State passing game. Maybe their timing's off. might take them a little time to, to get rolling. We've already talked about how they'll be down some personnel because of COVID. They'll be going against a Michigan State defense that has a few dudes. Antoine Simmons at linebacker, Shakur Brown in the secondary, Naquan Jones up front at defensive tackle. It's going to be cold. Temperatures in the mid-30s. I like Ohio State in this one, 33 to 14. Whoa. They win semi-convincingly, but no Ryan Day on the sidelines. We just, again, we don't know personnel-wise who's going to be there, who isn't. So I'm going to say 33-14 because of those unknowns. I think if I knew Day was going to be there and if I knew Ohio State was going to have its full complement of weapons, I'd, I'd tack on another... 7 14 points to that score for Ohio State but 33 14 is my uh, is my final score prediction. Nice. Question for you Z. So I know you pretty much with all your research and things you've read and whatnot have you heard anything about will Dave uh, will Dave be like in the headset of Wilson? That's a good question and actually that was addressed today on Ryan Day's call-in show. By rule he will not be allowed to have any contact with coaches during the game. So the coaches will coach, the players will play, but Day is not allowed to text or, you know, have any kind of like line of phone into the the, the booth. He's going to have to just sit there on TV and and uh, trust the game plan and and trust, you know, the experience of Kevin Wilson, former head coach, Kerry uh, Combs, who's been doing this a while, obviously, and Larry Johnson is, he'll be kind of the the CEO f- for this game, and. Uh, I, Johnson will have input on certain plays, and I think they're all going to have input on on things like timeouts and and that sort of thing. So we'll see how it goes. I have a lot of experience there between those three guys. I'm not super worried about it. But in answer to your question, Chad, no, um, Day is not allowed to have contact with the coaching staff during the game. Doesn't that seem crazy to you guys? Like, I mean, that seems like something like, um, you know, somebody like like a one game suspension or something would be yeah. able to have no contact or anything like that. It's right. Like yeah. That. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, is that is that a CDC guideline rule that uh, <laughs> we can't have COVID uh, possibly transmitted over the airwaves? I mean, like how many goddamn <laughs> stupid rules do we not even know about that the Big Ten put in place for this season? Like, that's just absurd. You can't text. Absurd. Yeah, college football has a lot of silly rules, right? Uh, yeah, but that's a not a college football rule. That's a that's a Big Ten rule. This is per Nathan Bear to Cleveland.com. Day said he's not allowed to have in-game communications during Saturday's Michigan State game. He anticipates it to be the hardest three hours of my life. That's in quotes. Rules in place prohibit text messaging, etc., and communication with the sideline must be done via headset. Once the game starts, the coaches have to coach and the players have to play. That's from Ryan Day. Those are the rules. So it sounds like it might be either a Big Ten rule or or just a, a you know an NCAA rule. But I agree with you guys. It doesn't make a ton of sense. And I'd be one thing if Day was being disciplined, right? If he was serving a suspension or something yeah, that he couldn't totally have contact. Different. But I mean, come on, it's COVID. A lot of silly rules in college football. This is one of them. I mean, you know, it's kind of right up there with like, Player loses his helmet during the play. He's got plenty of time to put it on and strap up his chin strap, but he's still got to leave the field for a play. That makes absolutely no sense. There is one thing that came of interviews that happened today. Both Kevin Wilson and Larry Johnson were interviewed today. Kevin Wilson did say he wanted to be on the sideline so that he could look he could look Justin in the eye. 
which is a, a giveaway that Justin Fields will be available for the game. So if you're worried about Fields potentially being one of those players that's not going to play, he's clearly going to play based on those comments from was Kevin that, Wilson. Is that a, uh, a a nod to Vegas? Don't don't move that line too much. <laughs> exactly. The other thing I got I got news for Ryan Day. These games aren't three fucking hours, bro. They're like four and a half. Four so. and- <laughs> Let's get ready. Especially when we go to East Lansing, man. That's going to be... Those are always a grind. You guys know I like to take a historical view of a lot of these matchups. And that's another reason I have the score a little low for Ohio State is just every time they go to East Lansing, they very rarely score Eclipse 30 when they play in East Lansing. I mean, the last time they played there was 2018, and they went in there with a pretty high-powered offense that season. It was 26-6. to A lot of that scoring, though, was done late in the fourth quarter after they wore Michigan State down. 2016, it was a 17 to 16 game in 2016. And the last time they really exploded Ohio State offensively was in 2014 when they were, that was the big matchup when Michigan State was a top 10 team and we went in there and put 49 on them. Prior to that, 2012, we only scored seven. That was another 17 to 16 Ohio State wins. We In East Lansing, these games typically tend to be lower scoring. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that those were some pretty good teams over those years, pretty good defensive teams for Michigan State. So it makes sense that the, the scoring is going to be a little lower. But I don't know. It's December. It's Michigan. It's cold. Ohio State might be a little rusty. Would not be surprised if the score is lower than we all expect, but I'll be all too happy to be wrong about that. Chad, I'd love to be, you know, over 50 in this one. I'm tired of s- yeah. sweating well, I, stuff I, out. It might be a pipe dream, but <laughs> I mean, what, you know, I mean, it's, you said it is going to be a little cold, but it is going to be 39. It's going to be like partly sunny. So yeah, it's not going to be like conditions are going to be all right. Think about this. If you're a player in, in your creatures of routine, I mean, is there, is there a, is there a, a person on the planet that is more a creature of routine than a college football player? And think of how disrupted this season has been for Ohio State. And, you know, the, I mean, last week's game was canceled Friday night at like 11 o'clock. So it's been, you talk about distractions and interruptions to routines and stuff. It's, it's a good thing that they have a lot of veteran players on this team. I think that's going to help them adjust. The first prediction on our prediction pods should actually be, is the game going to be played? <laughs> yes or no? Yeah, right. Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, so that's a good question. And let's spend a little time on the Michigan game. So the, the Michigan game appears to be in jeopardy with an outbreak there. Now, we know that Michigan has canceled its game with Maryland this weekend. So fingers crossed that they're going to be able to play Ohio State. Did you guys watch the playoff ranking show and hear Kirk Herbstreet's comments about Michigan? Oh uh, man, yes, that, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'll tell you what, I listened to. Did you guys hear the clip of the Michigan AD? I, I, I read his comments, and naturally, he was upset and took took exception to what what Herbstreet said. I, I mean, for our listeners that may have not have heard Herb Street's comments, basically Herb Street said that he expected Michigan State to quote wave the white flag and opt out of this game next Saturday. In other words, he was suggesting that they would hide behind COVID as a reason not to have to play the game. And he was immediately pressed by Reese Davis during the show. What did you mean by that? And then and then Herb Street kind of backtracked a little bit, and then he issued an apology immediately after the game on Twitter. Naturally, Michigan's AD, as you've already referenced, Chad took exception to those remarks by by Herb Street. But then what? The next day, we hear about a COVID outbreak at Michigan. I, I Personally, I have not been a fan of people pointing the finger in these situations. I, I honestly, I really believe 
everybody's acting in good faith. These programs are doing the best they possibly can to mitigate the spread of the virus, you know, within their within their locker rooms. I know it's been a really rough season for Michigan, but I it, and I know. Look, we've all been very critical of Jim Harbaugh, but I, you know, come on. I, I thought that was a little bit below the belt by Herb Street. I don't know, Paige. What did you think about Herb Street's comments? Well, he walked it back right away. Yeah, it's a, it was a stupid thing to say. And just because Harbaugh is crazy and a shitty coach, one thing he's not is a pussy, right? Right. Like, if there's anything in the world that guy wants to do, it's to play football, right? right? I mean, he, he practically wants to suit up. I mean, for Christ's sake, he wears, he wears cleats. cleats. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So, it doesn't get any worse if he did. Yeah. So to think that, you know, yeah. they, they would purposely, I, I don't know where Herb Street, I don't even know why he even for the for the guy that has spent 30 years going out of his way, not showing, you know, being a total homer for Ohio State like he blew that up. It's just so funny. Right. Like right. One 30 second clip, man. You're like, dude, wh- what are you talking about? That yeah. is just absurd. Yeah. And, you know, give him credit. He immediately recognized it and, and gave a, a pretty solid apology, in my opinion. But it's just a dumb thing to say to start with. Yeah, I agree. Chad, what, yeah, were your, what was mean, your view? But like it, it was. Yeah. It, you know, like Pete said, you guys said, it's a stupid thing to say. But if there's not a person that more well respected and does more research and knows college football more than Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, insert foot, you know, whatever, all that shit. But, I mean, he made a mistake and whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was basically... But the, And then on the flip side of that, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to have to say the two seconds because I can't stand that clown Desmond Howard, man. <laughs> he is just an idiot. I, I don't even know why he's on that that show. He just regurgitates so much shit um, he was just trash in Ohio State the other night too. So you know what I mean. I, it's like, but Herbie said what he said. You know, I think those comments from the Michigan AD were a little ridiculous, though. Basically calling Herbie a fool yeah. um, and whatnot. But uh, so, but it is what it is. It's over now. But uh, yeah, a lot of the guys that I was listening to today on that. ESPNU because it was all about the Big Ten and their drama mm-hmm. and you know they were all like you know what well, we respect the hell out of Herbie and yeah maybe probably shouldn't have said it but they were like you know hey he did and, you know if you apologize so end the story COVID has not exactly brought out the best in everybody around the game of college football over these last few months Herbie was the f- the second former Ohio State player to make s- that kind of an accusation. Bobby Carpenter did it with Maryland. I'm just like, stop, shut up. You're giving us bad juju. Yeah, anytime you time you anytime you point the finger at somebody like that, then COVID ends up on your doorstep. It's just not productive. Yeah, I just it's just not productive. Everybody's trying the best they can to to play football during a pandemic, and I don't, I don't think you need yeah, to go crazy there. That's world just, we live in. Yeah, I just don't think you need to engage in 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 the fan. And we and the fans are going to do it right. They're going. It's all over Twitter. I mean, you, all week. For last several weeks we've seen i've been watching fans on twitter talk about well michigan's gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna hide behind covid numbers so that they don't have to play ohio state i was just really surprised to see somebody of herb street stature espouse those those theories anyway the big 10 basically has 24 hours i mean less than that now to get get your shit together and find something in place if this game doesn't happen in anna or you know 
against Michigan. Mm-hmm. They've got to get us a game. And, you know, look at what the ACC did for uh, Notre Dame and, and Clemson. Right. Um, Clinton, Notre Dame's not going to play Wake Forest now. So they're going to give, you know, because they're not going to reschedule that Florida State game for Clemson. Right. So they're going to give them that game off, and they're going to be have a week off before they play in the ACC championship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just they're making decisions on the fly. And the Big Ten needs to do something within the next, you know, 12 to 24 hours. They've got to make a decision. And I love the fact that Barry Alvarez is being, you know, uh, a leader as far as that goes and, and basically saying we've got number four team in the country in our conference and we've got to do something to help them. Yeah, so a couple of things need to happen, right? Either they reshuffle the schedule on the last week of the regular season. If Michigan can't go, then maybe Ohio State. There was some discussion of perhaps the Big Ten intervening and saying, hey, Rutgers and Maryland, no, you guys were supposed to play the last week of the season. Rutgers, we're, you've been able to play all your games up to this point. We're going to ask you to sit out, and we're going to have Ohio State and Maryland play that game that they weren't able to play earlier in the season to give Ohio State the opportunity to get that extra data point in. That's one option, which is interesting. We'll see if that happens. The other, maybe even the more likely option, though, is the Big Ten is just going to get rid of its six-game rule for eligibility in the Big Ten title game, right? Because Ohio State... Everybody except Indiana has been mathematically eliminated from winning the division, right? And Ohio State has a two-game lead over Indiana. So I think probably the path of least resistance is just to say, okay, Ohio State, you can get in playing less than six regular season games. I expect the Big Ten to do that. And you've you've actually referenced it, Chad, Barry Alvarez's comments that they might re-examine that rule and change it so Ohio State can play in the conference championship game. And then they would have, if they win it, that title of conference champion. I would love to see them get a seventh game in. And, you know, look, Michigan's not off the table just yet. That game still might happen. I think they said by maybe like early next week, they're going to have to make a call on it, though, as to whether or not that game happens and, and whether they need to pivot and find Ohio State a different opponent. Paige, do you have any thoughts on this? Nope. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we uh, we referenced the playoff ranking show earlier, and Ohio State checks in at number four again. So they hold at number four in the second college football playoff rankings. I thought that was a really good sign for Ohio State. Now, eventually not playing football games is going to catch up to them, and teams are going to start to leapfrog them. But it looks like Michigan State's going to happen. And I think as long as Ohio State can play and continues to win, they can hang on to that number four spot. There's one scenario there where they're, you know, they could get leaped frogged, right? They, they could lose that spot, which is if Florida beats Alabama. But short of that, if they can continue to play and continue to win, I think they're they're good. Paige, do you have any uh, thoughts on the second college football playoff rankings? There's a couple doomsday scenarios out there for them, but there's also a lot of football to be played. So there's ifs and buts. You just you're, it's complete conjecture of, you know, what might happen. And that we all know, and, you know, in college football, it happens anyways, but this year it's even more, you know, fruitless to try and guess what's going to come down the pipe. Okay. Sitting there for is good. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just see what happens. And I think it'll probably be some one more curveball headed our way. And then yeah. we'll just have to see how they handle it. Yeah. Chad, what, what were your thoughts on Ohio state coming in at number four again in the rankings? I'm happy where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just concerned about, you know, 
I'm glad we're playing this weekend. You know, there was a, you know, that came down to a wire. Um, so let's just hope the Big Ten, I'll say it again, I hope they get their shit together because, you know, you got Florida's going to play Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. they beat Alabama. Just say they beat Alabama. You know, they're, they're both going to have one loss. Um, right. You know, Clemson and Notre Dame. What if, you know, Clemson beats them, uh, Notre Dame, by, you know, a very small margin? It's shit's going to get crazy, man. I think that what you just yeah. described is the doomsday scenario that, that Paige mentioned. I think that's the one, and actually that's the one scenario. If you're looking at four high-quality one-loss teams in Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Florida – and you have Ohio State sitting there with only maybe six games played, that would be a doomsday scenario for Ohio State. I I, I agree with you. I think we would be in big trouble there. All right, boys. Uh, well, there is uh, there is one other game I thought we'd take a quick peek at since it's in the Big Ten and it involves two of the, the better teams in the Big Ten, Indiana at Wisconsin. Now, we know Indiana is down Michael Penix Jr. He unfortunately has an ACL tear uh, that that occurred last week in Indiana's victory over Maryland. It's a damn shame. He's a hell of a player. I have a lot of respect for Penix. He was great against us. The line in that game, the game is played in Madison. The line in that game, Wisconsin minus 14. And the over-under is 45. Paige, you got any thoughts on this game? Who do you think wins it? So is Wisconsin now um, alive in, in the West to make the championship game? No, Northwestern. Or no, because they'll lose the tiebreaker. Well, no, yeah, they would lose the tiebreaker. And actually, with Northwestern's game getting canceled this weekend against Minnesota, they they clinched the Big Ten West. Oh, they did. They did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah, Who's no. Who's Indiana's backup quarterback? Yeah. Jack Tuttle. Hmm. Yes, right, Paige. Yeah, Jack Tuttle's his name. Yeah, what a bummer for that's Indiana. A lot of, a lot, yeah. Um, Fourteen's a lot of points, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, you know, that's a huge blow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that guy's going to have to pick that team up off the mat to uh, get them fired up to play that game. So, I, I, but he's a good coach, so he might do it. But I'd actually, I'd, I'd lean towards Wisconsin and actually them covering. Wow. Okay. So you, you like Wisconsin to win pretty convincingly. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, Indiana's a little one-dimensional on offense. They're very good defensively, but they can't run the ball. Yeah. And can't run the ball. Yeah. So yeah, tough, tough break for Indiana. Chad, how do you see that game? You know, I, I guess it's like, it depends, like, you know, Wisconsin, is it going to be Jekyll or Hyde who shows up for the game? I mean, yeah. Um, you know, that quarterback, if he, you know, we were all like, hyped up on that kid, you know, two or three games into the season and kid looked like he was a stud and, you know, then all of a sudden just went to shit. So I don't know. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think Indiana covers the spread. I okay. think they lose the game though. Okay. You like Wisconsin winning that. Yeah. In Madison, Indiana without Michael Penix Jr. I like Wisconsin in that one as well. I, 14 seems a lot because I think Indiana's got a pretty good defense. But I like Wisconsin to win the game. I don't think they cover as well. And now, unfortunately, we're going to see that's our one that's that's our one quality win. Indiana loses yeah. that game, probably drops a little bit. But, you know, you've got a whole committee here that can evaluate that game. And they know that Michael Penix Jr. played when we played them. So I still got Indiana's best when we played them. I got to 
something coming off the um, the ticker from the uh, the BDP page. Oh, nice. Uh, the it? Iowa AD, the Iowa AD just said that the Big Ten has not had any discussions with regards to changing the game. Now, does that mean you know that that's you know not going to change? But he says as of now, or at least he just had a conversation with somebody from CBS Sports that they have not. That yet. Sorry, not discussed. What so, Chad changing the game? Do you mean you changing? Mean, yeah, the eligibility for the uh, the Big Ten championship. Oh, the Big Ten championship game. Okay, all right. So that's still TBD. Okay, well, there's still time for that. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you know, and we'll keep our fingers crossed. Michigan isn't the Michigan game isn't canceled just yet. We'll see what they do there, and maybe they're going to be motivated by some of these comments, by by some of the criticism, you know, by Herb Street's comments to to show up and play in that game. They'll also be motivated when the executives at Fox call the Big Ten and say, really? <laughs> like the biggest game of the season in your shitty ass conference and you're not even going to play a game. Um, I don't care if Ohio State plays the lacrosse team. We want them on TV, boys, to figure something out. Yeah. You're right, dude. Yeah, I tend to think there's still time and they can they could make a fairly quick pivot. If you look at some of these games that have been scheduled, the, co- the reshuffling that's gone in other conferences, you can reschedule a game in an afternoon right they it's can not do whatever like they, they want they can do whatever That's the they frustrating want frustrating part they can do whatever they want yeah just i i have I, faith i, I have, have faith. faith yeah i have faith that the well, let's go get this win in east lansing and i do have faith that they will either find another opponent for ohio state to play next week if michigan can't go or they will alter the eligibility rules for the big 10 title game all right boys well hey that was a great effort for a thursday night why don't we End it here and then plan to reconvene on Sunday to recap Ohio State, Michigan State. You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.